Welcome to the You're Not Alone podcast show. This is your host, Danny. I'm coming back to you with another exciting message. And actually, I decided to do a continuation of what we was talking about. Who is really in charge? Is it man or God? Well, you know, I was just thinking about this, and I just wanted to share from a different light uh, with, a different, with a different king. And at this time, we're going to talk about, in the book of Daniel, we're going to talk about Nebuchadnezzar, who was the king over the Babylonian Empire. And he defeated Israel and brought them into captivity. But guess what? He had to find out who was really in charge. Was it his kingdom or was it God's kingdom? And we're going we're gonna to get into this and we're going to have a good time with this. So I want you to get your notebook ready, get your pen ready, because we're going to look at who is really in charge. Is it God or man? Remember this, whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. I don't know what you're dealing with at this present moment. I don't know what you're concerned with. You know, like I said, the, the reason for this uh, two-part series is because of the recent election in America and how uh, we decided who was going to be in charge. Uh, was it going to be a Democrat or a Republican? And boy, so much controversy uh, with this election. I'm talking about, you know, uh, one person won't concede. And we have so many fascinating things. We have the first woman of color to hold the second office ever in the United States. So we're living in great times. And also we're living in perilous times. We're living in a time of COVID. We're living in a time where uh, we're living in a pandemic where uh, people are passing away. People are getting sick and the numbers are skyrocketing in America. So people are all confused. Cities are shutting down. They don't know what to do. But guess what? But we know who's in charge. Remember this. Whatever's going on, God is in charge. Understand this. There's nothing that's happening that God is surprised by. There's nothing that's happening that he didn't know it was going to happen or he doesn't know when it's going to end. So I just want you to stay encouraged. Like I said, I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what's on your heart and mind. I don't know what your struggle is, but I'm in agreement with you that God will be with you in the midst of your difficulties, that he will give you peace. He will give you hope. He will give you deliverance. So I hope that you're excited. Like I said, whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. Uh, like I said, we're living in some exciting times. Who is really in charge? Is it the people that we elect? Or is it the king and queen? Who's really in charge of everything? Who makes the final say-so? And we're going to find out that God is ultimately in control. He has the final say-so over everything. And if you didn't think so you're going to find out. But also, I want to let you know that your circumstance that you face with, what you're going to find out in Daniel chapter 4, that God can change that situation instantly. He can make something happen at the snap of his fingers. So, but before we get started, let's uh, open up in prayer. Oh, precious Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we just thank you for the day, Father. We thank you, Father, for the word of God. We thank you, Father, for allowing us to, to be alive. 
in this time, Father, because this is a, a time of, it's going to be a time of great miracles, great healings. We're going to see the world change like never before. And Father, and I pray, Father, for anyone, Father, who is struggling mentally, physically, financially, Father, that you would meet their needs, Father, that you would help them, Father, that you would just show up, Father, spontaneously in their life, Father, and correct those things, that you would build relationships, Father, that need to be mended and need to be healed, Father. I'm just asking you, Father, that you would bless your people today, that you would give them hope and inspiration, that they would seek your mighty, mighty hand. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, yeah, like I said, I'm just, I'm, I'm just happy. I'm happy at this moment because, like I said, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna find out who really is in charge. Is it man or is it God? And I hope that you like this show. And like I said, if, there's, if you need prayer, please send in your prayer request so that I can stand in agreement with you and see that God move in your life and move in your world and turn that circumstance around that's eating at your heart. And like I said, I don't know who I'm talking to who don't uh, see no way out, feel like the bottom is about to drop out their world, that they ain't going to never rise. But let me tell you something. Greater he that's in you than he that's in the world. Remember like this, many are the affliction of the righteous, but the Lord delivers from them all. But also I want to let you know whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. And I'll be reading today from the New International Version, the NIV. And we're going to be looking at Daniel chapter 4. Who is really in charge? Is it man or is it God? Is it man or is it God? Or is it God or is it man? And so uh, I want you to be ready because I'm ready to, to dive into this. And let's go to the book of Daniel chapter 4. And we're going to start at verse 1. To the people, nations, men of every language who live in all the world, may you prosper greatly. It is my pleasure to tell you about the miraculous signs and wonders that the Most High God has performed for me. How great are his signs, how mighty is his wonders. His kingdom is eternal, a kingdom his dominion endures from generation to generation. I, Nebuchadnezzar, was at home in my place, contending and prosperous. I had a dream that made me afraid. You know, we're, about to, we're about to get into it. Now, you remember like in the first part, who's really in charge? We saw that God dealt with three dreams. And now we're about to see Nebuchadnezzar's about to have his dream. And God does speak. Remember that God does speak. God will give you warnings to make you stop. Whether you decide to stop, keep on doing it. That's your decision. But God does speak. I think, you know, uh, this, is, this, this, is, this is me just sharing with you. God gives us answers. It's, it's, it's whether or not that we receive the answer, whether we're willing to follow that. Because sometimes when God gives us answers, it doesn't doesn't mean it's favorable the way that we want it to be. It doesn't turn out that way. Everything can't turn out, you know, uh, with such a great and happy ending. Now, and I want you to realize that because you need to know that if you are going through, God is going through with you. 
Uh, you're going to have adversities that come against your life. Uh, and God is going to be there. And it might not feel like God, God is there. Sometimes when you're going through, you'd be like, man, where's God at? Where is he at? You know, he forsaken me. He got me going through all this stuff. But he's not here. But guess what? When you think that God is not there, that's when God is there. I'm talking about because we know if we go into the New Testament, we'll read about John the Baptist. Now he's in prison. Now he's trying to figure out, you know, I've been testifying about this Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I've been talking about he was the one who was to come. And now he's in prison. And he don't understand, you know, hey, was it was it really real? And so he sends his two of his disciples to go ask Christ. Is it real? And then you know what Christ did? Christ didn't deliver him from his circumstances. Christ just sent the word back. Believe in the signs and wonders and things that you see. In other words, see, sometimes we think that uh, when God is out of life, we think that he's going to just make it disappear. He's going to make the problem just fall away to the wayside. Now, he can do that, and he might do that sometimes. But sometimes he'll bring you through on the other side so that you can see the great and mighty hand of God. So you have a testimony. Always remember, whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. Understand this, that he loves you. You're not alone. You might be at home right now. You might be uh, in your room. You might be in the living room. You might be in the kitchen. You might be in the bathroom. You might feel like, hey, I have no one to talk to. That's not true. You have God and you have his word. In other words, if you ever feel so defeated and so down, grab a hold of his word and begin to talk to him. Say, God, I don't, God, I don't know what to do. All this stuff is against me. I'm just overwhelmed, God. I just want you to know, remember, you can talk to God. I want you to know that you can talk to God. And guess what? He's listening. He's not, he's listening to you. He's not listening to you. He's listening to you. He wants to hear what is on your heart and mind. And, but not only do he want to hear, but he wants to help you through the midst of that circumstances, if you allow him. Now let's get back to the, uh, Nebuchadnezzar about this dream. Like I said, remember in, in, in part one, God dealt with three dreams. dreams. Joseph interpreted the dreams. Uh, first to the cupbearer, to the to the baker, and then to the to the pharaohs. But God's getting ready to let Nebuchadnezzar know, even though all these riches that you have and your kingdom is flourishing, but I'm going to let you know that I'm God. See, sometimes what we have to understand, we have to learn how to humble ourselves. And what happens when you know when you feel so full of pride? You're subject to falls. Remember, the most incredible thing that you can do, the Bible says, humble yourself that God may exalt you. Remember, humble yourself. Don't ever think that you're so superior to other people and that you're greater than someone else because whatever you're doing, at this present moment, God can shut it down instantaneously. 
Now let's get back to let's get back to the word. Let's get back to uh, uh, verse five. And he says this: I had a dream that made me afraid, and I was as I was lying in my bed, the image and vision that passed through my mind terrified me. So I commanded that all the wise men of Babylon be brought before me to interpret the dream for me when the magicians enchanters astrologers and diviners came i told them the dream but they could not interpret it for me see he had a problem he had a problem that only god could solve he called for all the people. And remember like this? Remember like we talked about Joseph? Remember in part one? And we see that with Joseph, you know, uh, he said, it's God who interpreted you. Joseph gave God the glory. Now, it, it, we're going to get to this, this man, Daniel, because Daniel is going to do the same thing because he knows God. In other words, he know that there's one guy, a, a Hebrew, talking about, you know, He's going to let the king of Babylon know, Nebuchadnezzar, that God has a word for him. So let me tell you something. God has a word for you. And this is the word, that he is fully in charge. So I don't care what they say about you. I don't care what you're going against. God can change it instantaneously. He can change it in a, in a second, in a millisecond. He can do whatever he want to do, whatever he want to do. I want you to know the God that you serve because he cares about you. He loves you. He loves you so much that he sent his son to the cross to die for you. In other words, you have to understand that God loves you. In other words, God is a father. Think about this. If your baby was in need of something and it was in your ability to get it for him, what you going to do? You're going to give it to your baby. You're going to take care of your baby. You're going to nourish it. You're going to cherish it or her. You're going to love them. And what you know what you'll do? You will even lay down your life. I want to say hallelujah. I want you to know that you serve an awesome God who's able to deliver you from the hands of the enemy. I hope that makes you happy because it made me happy. And remember, whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. God cares for you. He would never leave you. He would never forsake you in your hour and time of need. I don't care what it looks like. He can do it. Just keep your faith. Now, let's, get, let, let's go back into to, to, to the book of Daniel. We're going to go to verse 8. And finally, Daniel came into my presence, and I told him the dream. He is called Belshazzar, after the name of my God, and the spirit of the holy God is in him. I sell Belshazzar, chief of the magicians. I know. He said, I know. He's, 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 he's setting up because he knows. 
He didn't see him. He didn't, he didn't hurt. He didn't notice boy Daniel. Boy, boy Daniel's bad. You know, he didn't, you know, he's, he's always coming through when no one else can come through because it's not about Daniel, because Daniel's going to always honor God. The spirit of the holy God is in you. And no mystery is too difficult for you. Here's my dream interpreted for me. Nebuchadnezzar is stressed out. You got to remember, if you go back to the earlier chapters, you'll see that Nebuchadnezzar, he had a dream before. And no one could tell him. What, he wasn't going to tell nobody what the dream was. They had to tell him what he dreamed. And the only person who can do that was Daniel because he went to his God and asked God to give him the revelation, to give to Nebuchadnezzar what, he, what his dream was. So Nebuchadnezzar has confidence that Daniel would tell him the truth because Daniel was a man of honor. Daniel had a remarkable character. He was an honest man. Remember, you can't cheat an honest man because an honest man is not going to fall for no trickery or no foolishness. And let's go back. Here's my dream. Interpret it for me. This are the visions I saw which lying in my bed. I looked and there before me stood a tree in the middle of the land. Its height was enormous. The tree grew large and strong and it top touches the sky. It was visible to the end of the earth. Its leaves were beautiful. Its fruit abundant, and on it was food for all under it. The beasts of the field found shelter. The birds of the air lived in it. The branches from it, every creature was fed. In this vision, I saw while laying in my bed, I looked, and there before me, a messenger, a holy one, coming down from heaven, he called in a loud voice, cut down the tree, trim off his branches, strip off the leaves, and scatter his fruit. Let the animals flee from up under it, and the birds from the branches. But let the stump and his roots bound with iron and bronze remain and the ground in the grass of the field. Let it be drenched with the dew of heaven. Let him live with the animals among the plants of the earth. Let his mind be changed from that of a man. Let him be given the mind of an animal until seven times pass by from him. The decision is announced by the messenger. The Holy One declared the verdict so that the living may know that the Most High is sovereign. You got to understand this. God is sovereign. That means he don't answer to no one. There is no greater power than God. He controls everything. There's nothing that's not 
he's in control of. He's in control of the wind. He's in control of the sea. He does whatever he please. He's God Almighty. And he's getting ready to let Nebuchadnezzar know. Because see, Nebuchadnezzar seen God's great power before. He seen Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the furnace. He saw God there. But he was full of pride. And he wouldn't acknowledge the true living God. So he has to be shown. And it says this seven seasons. Seven seasons, seven years. So seven years, he's going, something's going to really happen to him. He's about to get a, a life-altering experience. Remember what's that was on your heart and mind. It's on God's heart and mind. God loves you. There's nothing that God won't do for you. God is fighting for you at this present moment. Even if you're laying in your bed asleep, he's fighting for you. He hasn't forgot about what you stand in need of. He hasn't forgotten about. He hasn't forgotten about you. I just want you to be encouraged. I want you to know that God loves you. That there's nothing that he won't do for you. In the midst of where you're at, where you're standing. He's going to do it for you because he loves you. I want you to get happy. I want you to get excited because God is in control. And he's getting ready to let the most powerful man on the earth at this time is Nebuchadnezzar. He's going to let him know that I'm sovereign. I do what I want to do. And you're going to recognize me and you're going to acknowledge me. Do you understand? God will bring the prideful down. So, you know, if you're dealing with prideful people, hey, you know, you never know what God is going to do. God says, take no place in vengeance. Vengeance belongs to God. God will repay. So don't take nothing in your own hands. Use your spiritual warfare. Your spiritual warfare is your prayer tongue. And we're going to talk about Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to break down this uh, spiritual warfare. Because spiritual warfare is talking to God. That's what spiritual warfare is. Talking to God. It's praying. Asking God to come into your world to change the things that are affecting you and affecting the people around you. That's what spiritual warfare is. So. But we're going we're gonna, we're gonna to dive in it. I'm talking about because you need to know the word of God so you can invoke it in your life. You need to know the promise of God. So when things come at you, you can declare the word of God over your circumstances. You can declare it over your circumstances. I hope that you're really enjoying this message because I'm enjoying it because it's exciting me. Because guess what? I need to know. I need to know that God is in full control of everything. Control of my life. That even when I think and I can cry out to God say, God, help me. Lift me up. Don't leave me in this state. Come and be with me, God. Come and be with me, God. Come and be with me. So, now let's get back. Let's get back into this Daniel chapter 4 because who really is in charge? Is it man or is it God? And we just finding out that God is sovereign. That he's in control of everything. There's nothing that he's not in control of. But Nebuchadnezzar is going to find out. He's going to find out because God 
is going to show him. But he has to go through some things. And it's going to take a while for him to be broken of his pride. And God is going to use insanity to make it happen. Now let's get back. Let's get back to this so we can see this. In verse 17, see this person coming down as an angel coming down with the message to let him know because God spoke and God sent his message to go down. Hey, go down and let him know because it's getting ready to happen. Verse 17, the decision is announced by the messenger. The Holy One declares the verdict so that the living may know that the Most High is sovereign over the kingdom of men and give them to anyone he wishes. Set over them the lowest of men. This is the dream that I Nebuchadnezzar had. Now, Belteshazzar, tell me what it means for none of these wise men in my kingdom can interpret it for me. But you can because the spirit of the holy God is in you. See, I want you to see this. You have to understand this. See, Nebuchadnezzar, has, he had his own God, so he changed that name to, to be at the one his God. And if you notice, he said that he has the spirit of the God, the, of the gods in him. In other words, see, Nebuchadnezzar still thinks it's just it's multiple gods. He's not equating to the one God, the living God. Now, if you go in John 17, you're going to see Jesus is going to say, hey, I come to let everybody know that you are the one and only God. See, there's only one God. There is no multiple gods. You need to know this. There's only one God. And he has this dream. He don't understand it. No one can tell him. But he had a dream before. He didn't tell nobody. Daniel, the Hebrew, came and told him what it was. Because he was going to kill everybody. Because he wanted them to tell him what he dreamed. See, Nebuchadnezzar was a wise man. Nebuchadnezzar was not a fool. He wasn't going to let someone, you know... They asked him, hey, tell me the dream we explained to you. He said, no, uh-uh, uh-uh. That's not how it's going. You're going to tell me what a dream. This is why he has confidence in Daniel, but Daniel has confidence in God. Now, we have to see how Daniel, remember like I said, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and our testimonies. Let's see what Daniel's testimony is. In verse 19, because Daniel's getting ready to interpret this dream to Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar is, is, is still not going to get it because he, he has to go through some things to understand that the most high is the most high, that he's sovereign, that he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't have to share with anyone. He doesn't answer to anybody. Then Daniel also called Belshazzar was greatly perplexed for a time and his thoughts terrified him. So the king said, but as I do not let the dream or its meaning alarm you. But as I answer, my Lord, if only the dream applied to your enemies and its meaning, your adversaries, the tree you saw, which grew large and strong, with its tops touching the sky, visible to the whole earth, with beautiful leaves, abundant fruit, providing food. For all giving shelter to the beast of the field, having a nest in place 
in his branches for the birds of the air. You, O king, are that tree. You have become great and strong. Your greatness has grown until it reaches the sky. Your dominion extends to distant parts of the earth. You, O king, saw the message, a holy one, coming down from heaven and saying, cut down the tree, destroy it. But the lead, the stump, bound with irons and bronze in the grass in the field, while its roots remain. In the ground, let him be drenched with dew of heaven. Let him live like the wild animals until seven times passed by him. This is the interpretation, O king. This is the decree. The Most High has issued against my Lord the king. You will be driven away from people and will live with the wild animals. You will eat grass like cattle and be drenched with the dew of heaven. Seven times will pass by for you until you acknowledge the Most High is sovereign over the kingdom of men, giving them to anyone he wishes. You see that part? That's how much you know. Who's really in charge? Whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. Who's really in charge? Daniel declares that God gives it to whom he wants. So when you think about that promotion, when it comes to your way and people say, oh, man, she didn't deserve it. He didn't deserve it. Understand this. It's God who says you deserve it. I want you to understand this. God is ultimately in control of everything that happens on earth. Nothing surprises God. And if you notice, as Daniel explaining this about Nebuchadnezzar, you notice what he's saying? He's telling him, hey, Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. Daniel comes back and said, this is going to be for seven years. In other words, that until you acknowledge who God is and what's going to happen is he's going to live like the animals. He's going to be insane. He's going to be driven insane because he wouldn't humble himself so full of pride, making himself to be of a great reputation. I did that. You have to know this, that God is fully in control. So I don't know what you're, what you're, what you're, what you're struggling with or what you're dealing with, but understand God can change your situation spontaneously, instantaneously. And it can happen at any time. It can happen at any time. And he says this. Let's go to verse 26. The command to leave the stumps and a tree with its roots means that your kingdom will be restored to you when you acknowledge the heaven rules. Therefore, O king, be pleased to accept my advice. Renounce sin by doing what is right. Your wickedness by being kind to the oppressed. It may be that then your prosperity will continue. Now, as you see, Daniel gave him a way of escape. Daniel just didn't interpret the dream. Daniel said, hey, man, you need to humble yourself. You need to do some things. In other words, 
And maybe your prosperity will continue. That maybe God won't let this happen. But guess what? When you're full of pride, you don't, you don't listen to none of that stuff. Oh, man. I hear you, Daniel, man. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for telling me. Thanks for letting me know. But guess what? He has to learn something. He has to learn who really is in charge. Is it him or is it God? So I want you to know what, you, what you're dealing with. Understand this. God has the final say so. I want you to start talking to God. I want you to start praying to God. I want you to start believing God that God can step in and bring about a change in your life. That he can bring about a change in your life. Don't let the trick of the enemy confuse you. Don't let the circumstances that you're in confuse you. Because God can do anything and he can do it spontaneously. Then let's go on to verse uh, 28. All this happened to King Nebuchadnezzar 12 months later. You see, God gave him time. You see, God gave him 12 months, gave him a whole year to get himself right. But you know what he did? Daniel come to the house. Daniel said, hey, this is what's going on, Nebuchadnezzar. This is what God is getting ready to do. But Nebuchadnezzar refused to humble himself. Humble yourself up under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Humble yourself. And so this is what happened. Twelve months later, as the king was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon, I want you to understand about this walking on the roof. Now, if you go into Samuel, you're going to read about David. He walks on the roof and he sees Bathsheba and then he falls into sin. He lusts for her. He ends up with her, end up having a hug. Understand this. When God places you in authority, be about God's business, not about your own business. Be about God's business, not about your own business, your own personal pleasures. He said, is it not this great Babylon I have built as a royal resident by my might and power and for the glory of my majesty? Uh-oh. This spells doom. This spells disaster. This is, you hear he said, I did this. Ain't never said because of God Almighty up in the sky, he's blessed me to rule over these people. God, I need you. See? You got to understand, don't put God last, put God first. Remember what I said, y'all, about that challenge about seeking the kingdom of God is rightness, all these things be added unto you. This is what I'm saying. God ultimately has to be in first place. So when you get to a place of, you think that you're in a place of prestige, honor, and people understand this, give glory to God. Don't give glory to yourself. Because we're going to go back and we're going to look at that again because this man is about to, he's about to get a life-altering experience. He's about to find out who really is in charge. But I won't let you know this. Whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. God loves you. You are not alone. You are not alone. Stand and just trust God. I don't care how bad it looks. Trust God. Let's go. Now, all this happened in verse 28. To King Nebuchadnezzar, 12 months later, as the king was walking on the roof of the royal palace of Babylon, he said, Is not this the great Babylon I have built 
as a royal resident by my mighty and power and for the glory of my majesty. See, you remember I was telling you about this God can do something instantaneously? Now, if you, if you miss it, you, you'll miss it. You got to see it because it's going to happen in verse 31. The words were still on his lips when a voice came from heaven. This is what is decreed. For you, King Nebuchadnezzar, your royal authority has been taken from you. You will be driven away from people and will live with the wild animals. You will eat grass like cattle. Seven times will pass by for you until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over the kingdom of men and giving them to anyone he wishes. Once again, I told you, really, child, God gives it to what he wanted to give. He can do it. I'm talking about whatever you think that you know that you can't get or you think is impossible, God gives to whom he wants to. So we know really now we know that God is in charge. And immediately what had been said about Nebuchadnezzar was fulfilled. He was driven away from people and ate grass like cattle. His body was drenched with the dew of heaven until his hair grew like the feathers of an eagle and his nails like the claws of a bird. Boy, he was brought down to insanity. Here, could you imagine the most powerful man on the earth for seven years just running around like an animal? Like just, just, just tore down from the, just tore down, beat down, looking bad, looking. Could you imagine the, the, the smell, the odor for seven years living like that? But he had an opportunity. He didn't listen to what Daniel said. Daniel said, you need to do some things. Uh, Twelve months later, he's walking on this roof. And you know, uh, and he forgets, you know, he started talking about what all he didn't did. Not giving God no glory, not giving God no honor in this. Just about himself. And he said, while the words were on his lip, he was, he went from being sane to being insane. In spontaneously, instantly. So what I want you to know, whatever's on your heart, man's on God's heart, man. But instantaneously, your circumstance can change. So I want you to get excited. I want you to know that God is working, that God is ultimately in control. So in other words, don't worry about the name says. Don't worry about what they say about you. Understand that God is in control. He's the ultimate, ultimate God, the creator, the possessor of the heavens and earth. He gives to whom he wants. He takes from whom he wants. He's in full control. So I want you to understand. When you, when you call yourself, you think that you're arriving somewhere, remember to stay humble. Remember that God is fully in control. He's in control of what happens. He's in control of the seasons. He's in control of everything. So we know who's really in charge. It's not the people that you elect. It's not the kings and queens that you see. It's God's. And then it goes on to say this. In verse 34. At the end of all the time, I Nebuchadnezzar raised my eyes towards the heaven. 
and my sanctity was restored. Then I praised the Most High. I honor and glorify him who lives forever. See, if you remember when I first started in, in Daniel chapter 4, we saw where this, this, this great announcement about God and how great his kingdom was. But it says that at the end of time, because he had to go through seven years, I Nebuchadnezzar raised my eyes towards the heavens and my sanctity was restored. Then I praised the most high. I honor and glorify him who lives forever. His dominion is eternal. His dominion, his kingdom endures for generations to generations. All the people of the earth are regarded as nothing. He does as he pleases. With the power of heaven, no one can hold back his hand or say to him, what have you done? See, you said, God is in control. And I want you to know that God is in control. Now, now, that's, verse, now that's, that's up in verse 34 and 35 where he's talking like that, right? Remember I told you, remember I said you got you to you you take your notes. You got to be prepared to, to understand this, what God is saying. Now, check this out. Now, in verse 1, it says this. King Nebuchadnezzar to the people and nation, men of every language who live in all the world, may your prosper greatly. It is my pleasure to tell you about the miraculous signs and the wonders that the Most High God has performed for me. How great are his signs, how mighty is his wonders. His kingdom is, in, is internal. His kingdom, his dominion endures from generation to generation. As you see, somewhere along the line, he forgot about seeing Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego in the furnace and seeing the fourth person, which was Christ. And then he forgets about when he had the dream that he wouldn't tell nobody about the dream. And Daniel was, went to God and God interpreted the dream. See, so when he was on that roof, he for, the first part he talks about how great is God, but along the way, as you go in this chapter, you find out that he forgets about knowledge of who God was. He forgot. Don't ever forget that God controls everything. Continue to trust him. Lean not to your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all his ways. He will direct your path. Now let's get back. In verse 36, at that same time that my sanity was restored, my honor and splendor was returned to me for the glory of my king, kingdom. My advisors, my nobles sought me out and I was restored to my throne and became even greater than before. Now I Nebuchadnezzar praise and exalt and glorify the king of heaven because everything he does is right and all his ways are just and those who walk in pride he is able to humble. See I told you about pride. See and you see, the last thing that we talked about is pride. I just want to tell you that God is, is really in control. So don't uh, let what's going on in your life feel that it can't change because God can change it instantaneously, spontaneously. God can do whatever he wants to do because he's God. Just remember just to honor God. Continue to pray to him. Continue to talk to him. Continue to trust him. In the midst of your adversities, know that God is fully in control, that he can do whatever he wants to at any point in time. I hope this message has been a blessing to you because it's been a blessing to me. And like I said, this is part two. 
and this is the final part, who really is in charge. We know that God is in charge. I want to tell you that I love you and I'm praying for you, but I want to close out in prayer. Oh, precious Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, we just thank you for the day, Father. I give you glory and honor. Father, I praise you because it's you who in control. No man is in control but you, God. I pray for the people that hear this message, Father, that they will receive it and know that you really are the most high, sovereign God who can turn their circumstances around. Help the people trust you, God. Show up for them in the midst of their circumstances when they don't know what to do, God. Let them see your majesty. Let them see your glory and honor. And let them know, Father, whatever's on their heart and mind, on your heart and fan. And I hope that this message has been a blessing to you. And like I said, if you need prayer, please send in your prayer request. I want to tell you that I'm praying for you. I love you and you're not alone. Whatever's on your heart and mind is on God's heart and mind. I want to say thanks for listening.